Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Our panel today, we've got the immortal Iron Fist protector of Iowa, sworn enemy of acid reflux, it's Adam. I don't even need to say anything anymore, do I? I'm not on Twitter anymore. I'm not on Facebook. I quit. I quit all social media. I wanted to, so we'll see. It's so far so good. Nothing bad's happened that I've had to like rage tweet. So, we're doing so good. I mean, well, in two days, another Netflix show will be canceled, so maybe I'll be, hop on then. And we've got Karen Page's friend, Rhiannon. Hey guys, if you're looking for Karen, she was at my house last night, especially if it's her dad asking. Uh, and I am on Twitter as Shada Patron, or maybe changing to Brooklyn MND or something. I'm as Brooklyn Wallace on there. That person doesn't know Karen Page. And I'm Caleb. I'm on Twitter at Caleb A. Borchers. All right. Um, we know that there's lots of Netflix news. That's going to be our main conversation today. We're, I put aside a lot of time for us to talk about Netflix. So we're going to skip past that for now. Just, you know, if you really have to hear about Netflix, fast forward about 45 minutes into this episode and you'll get it. Uh, but we'll hit some other news first. Like um, more moving around on the Marvel release schedule, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has now officially had production pushed all the way back to 2021, which means the movie will probably come out in 2022. The uh, production title is Hot Christmas. And uh, also last week, uh, they, they cut the 2020 July release date because as Adam had so astutely pointed out last week, as soon as we feel like we've figured out what's going on, they're going to change it so that we look like idiots. So uh, thanks a lot, Marvel. I really appreciate it. Uh, Adam, I know we've talked a ton about Guardians 3. Uh, how are you feeling about this pushback going all the way back? It's probably another three and a half years now before you get another Guardians. Like I said before, I would rather them push it back uh, as far as necessary um to get the right feel i guess i would much rather see a very good guardians 3 two or three years delayed than seeing a, a crappy guardians 3 on time um and i'm not sure if you had that shortlist stuff in the news oh the director shortlist yeah uh no so there was news that they were looking at probably a female director which Hopefully we're soon getting to a point where we're going to have to stop saying that and we'll just say like, hey, half the people on the planet are females, so of course they're looking at female directors. Right. But um, I, I didn't have specific names. Do you have any of those on you or nope. any that you remember? Nope. And I had never heard of a single one before, but apparently Twitter did once that stuff surfaced. Um, of course, none of them are Taika Waititi or any person that's had anything to do with the MCU before. Um, yeah, I mean... I don't. That's a while, man. That means I have to stay <laughs> alive it. for like, like four more care. years. Put it off. It's fine as long as it's good. And then thirty seconds later, dude, that's a long time. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> I actually started thinking about it. I'll I'll make it work. What were you thinking, Rhiannon, on this this news? I mean, that's even longer than we had to wait for Daredevil season three. Um, otherwise, um. I you know like I've said before I think a long break before Guardians is a good idea. So yeah, I'm cool with it. I think it's a good idea 
to make Adam wait a really long time. Oh yeah, that's awesome. I I think the thing that surprises me, and this is just my expectations that maybe were unrealistic or incorrect. I assumed because we assumed that this movie was coming out um, very early in sort of phase four, or phase four is even a thing. Um, I assumed that they were going to push into more cosmic stuff and that guardians three was going to be the gateway to more cosmic stuff. Um, and what this tells us is either they're delaying the cosmic stuff or they're going to try some new stuff for which guardians is not going to be the gateway. You know, like the biggest thing that this changes is uh, I had the sense that like Gunn was going to introduce three or four new characters that were going to spin off and obviously create new cosmic movies. And if that's the case, all of like an entire chunk of the universe has now been put on delay, not just this movie. Adam is shaking his head. Yes, it seems like you're with me. Yeah, that's uh, I, I kind of sort of heard something of that nature. Guardians 3 was supposed to include the introduction of several people, um, which it would be a clear branching out into other properties as a gateway, like you mentioned. But then Poop hit the fan, and that's kind of all in flux now. I mean, if they still use the script, I mean, I I have every reason to believe that that part would stay more intact. Um but yeah, like the characters I heard were were super super exciting. Yeah, and I mean they could always play with it. I mean, there's there's ways that they could manipulate where they could maybe do a debut. I mean, we've seen them mess with the timeline now, where like Black Panther happens like a month after Captain America: Civil War, but it took two years for that movie to come out. And there's like Thor Ragnarok came out first, but it happens obviously later. So I think there's ways they can mess with it. It's just not the obvious spring off point it was. Um, I'm also terribly bummed at the idea that we're only going to get two MCU film releases in 2020. I was hoping that we were at the three a year, like as a minimum, uh, not just because it helps us create content for the show, but also because like, I just enjoy these movies and it's, I don't know, it really stinks to me to think that we're going to the movie theater less than we were before. Um, particularly with all this, like, I mean, I think the answer is they're going to start really beefing up streaming and streaming movies or something. I think we need to know more about if that's going to happen. But it seems very weird that at this point Marvel would throttle back instead of, like, ramp up as far as film releases. Right. But... I mean, we don't know what other slots that Fox currently has that they're going to be putting new properties in or maybe revamping or something. Are you saying that Dark Phoenix is going to be a 2020 movie? Maybe. Dark Phoenix 2. Ugh. We've already had two bad Dark Phoenix movies. A third one just might break me. But I mean, yeah, if they're if they're going to new places, if they're integrating the X Men, if they're integrating Fantastic Four, then maybe they're going to take Fox. You know, maybe Fox has, and I haven't paid enough attention to know what movie uh, slots Fox has slated for like twenty twenty. But maybe they fully intend to take one of those and make it a Marvel 
MCU Marvel movie. I also uh, like how Caleb just referenced Dark Phoenix in the past tense, as if he's already seen it and it's god awful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that in the mailbag. We actually had a comment along those lines. Um, I do think uh, there was weird stuff. I mean, this is kind of corporate intrigue crap that maybe our listeners don't care about. But there was this really bizarre series of events last week where Fox um, Fox just happened to move their release dates that conflicted with Disney release dates. Even though they're not allowed to have any cooperation between Fox and Disney. Fox is like, oh no, we just felt like it was the right thing to do to vacate these spots that just so happen to be directly competing against movies that we're going to be helping make in six months. And like, like the, the trades were talking about this happening and as soon, and then, and then it was like Fox moved a bunch of dates and like six hours later, Disney moved a bunch of dates, but still everybody's swearing up and down that there's no cooperation. I mean, this is like no collusion all over again, right? You know, like, no, you guys are clearly working together. Do not fool us. Um, I'm sure it's passing all the legal mumbo jumbo. Maybe Michael T. Ford knows more about this, but it does seem very, I mean, very obviously Fox is starting to make shifts, assuming that this deal is going to go through and this like feigned ignorance, like they're not working together just seems really fake and weird, but I agree. I think that Fox will have some dates for, you know, the Gambit movie that can be handed over to the MCU. <laughs> if we need it. All right. So the next bit of news I have, um, this was all over social media. I So it's an Avengers 4 spoiler, but you probably have seen it. But if you're really sensitive, it's about a character who may or may not appear in the movie. And if that is something you know, keep listening. And if it's not, you can skip it. Uh, we saw social media posts, and it looked like it was almost a hacked photo of Gwyneth Paltrow in the rescue suit, which actually... Um, looked very similar to a earlier leaked like art from a toy of maybe rescue that people were talking about. Um, we've seen Gwen put the suit on back in a Iron Man three. Are you guys excited about the potentiality that we'll see her uh, geared up as rescue? I think it's so weird that this leaked unless it was like meant to. And we know that this is a new photo. There's no reason to think that she might have taken this picture back when they were filming Iron Man 3 or something like that. Um, I I think the color scheme is new. I don't know. It's kind of like, it looked to me like a blue and gray, which, you know, I think the suit she wears in Iron Man 3 is like red, but I can't remember. I thought so. I thought it was red, but I didn't remember. Okay. I think it's interesting. Adam, do you, uh, are you excited about Rescue? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it, I am very surprised to leak. You always hear about the security they take that they have to cover their cameras with with tape and things of that nature and this is very clearly like a selfie. So one who's she sending it to, then two how did it get out there? Um But yeah, I mean, we so like you said there was a I'm not sure if it was a Marvel Legends or what it was. There was like this um, toy diagram type thing that had a bunch of characters on it and some people had been speculating that it was Nebula in a purple suit which I thought was kind of weird um, but now we know it's not Nebula so take that Reddit 
Yeah, I think I'm mostly I'm super excited for the opening of Avengers four. Like I just want ten to twenty minutes of the world. I, I want them to go ahead, give us five, ten years down the road, and make it like bonkers. Like the idea that maybe it takes Tony a decade to like get his way back to Earth, and she's like taken over in the time that he's been gone. Uh, you know, there's been rumors about Cassie Lang and stature appearing. The idea that Paul Rudd is like stuck in the quantum realm for a decade, I think is fascinating. Like I want to see the world messed up. I want to see like super elseworld new characters. Like I want the film to open in a really dramatic place because it's their chance to do all sorts of fun stuff. They won't do otherwise. Like I don't want to see a rescue movie. And I don't want Gwyneth Paltrow to like have her own trilogy, but to see her for like five or 10 minutes in what would happen if Tony Stark disappeared and Pepper Potts had to take her spot. I'd love to watch that for three minutes, you know? And so I think they have a really cool chance to do some really cool, weird stuff here and then undo it via time vortexes or infinity gauntlet or whatever. All right, uh, moving on in the news. Uh, a source that we don't trust at all suggested that Nick Fury was going to be a third uh, show on the Disney streaming service. And then today, Slash Film came out and said that that is probably not true and that there is something bigger and better uh, coming instead of Nick Fury. Um, first of all, would you like a Nick Fury show if they actually did want to make that on Disney streaming? And if not, uh, do you have any thoughts about what bigger or better should be? Uh, Iron Fist season three. <laughs> so what would, I mean, a Nick Fury show. I, I just don't know how much, I mean, like I'll always take some more Samuel L. Jackson. I love him being the role that he has had in the universe, but I don't know if I want something focused on him and only him. Like what, I mean, I'm sure he has a story and I'm sure they would give him a story, but are there any Nick Fury, like, does he have any comics that are just Nick Fury? Yeah, there was a super dope one that just came out too. I can't remember who wrote it, but it was like a, uh, I can't remember. The art was gorgeous though. I can't remember who wrote it. Um, but yeah, he has a solo once. He had a really good, uh, one, a part of the, uh, Max imprint kind of an adult-themed comic. Um, but if they're doing a Nick Fury show, why don't they just put him on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then, like, move S.H.I.E.L.D. to the streaming service? Or at least, like, least bits and pieces? I mean, Clark Gregg's already there, so I... I don't know. You already have that show there. You might as well add Samuel L. Jackson to it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing... Um, I always get this in another storyline... Is it the is uh what's the storyline where the the watcher gets killed? Is it original uh, sin uh, or is it original sin? One? Yes. Original so sin. that's a cool Fury story. Fury in the comics has been around since World War Two, like Cap, and they've kind of always been like very sketchy on why. And so what they reveal is that it's always been LMDs of him forever, and that he's actually a really old grouch like grouchy man that lives up on the moon. And he's been the quote-unquote man on the wall for decades. And what happens is every time there's like like the extraterrestrial threats that get through to Earth, those are just like the 5% that Nick Fury didn't 
clean up ahead of time. They're like the things that made it through the cracks. And so it's like they talk about Fury as a guy who's like been beating back aliens and demons and all sorts of like threats to Earth for decades all by himself. And nobody's known about it because he's just done it all like super clandestine like. And I could kind of get into a show like that, just like Nick Fury, like stopping invasions like at the source, you know, like intergalactic adventures and all that stuff. I think that could be kind of interesting, but I'm not sure if that at all would work for, um, for the budget and the, the scope and stuff of Disney streaming. So. But if they're going bigger and better than Nick Fury, I mean, did whoever, I mean, we already know that there's potentially a Loki series. So like, what else would be bigger and better than Nick Fury? And could this be could could this be why they're doing one less movie? Are they doing one less movie because they're going to do so many movie adjacent series on Mouse Flicks? Or what's better than a Shield agent like Nick Fury, a Shield agent like Black Widow? I mean, technically, I think Black Widow would be bigger and better than Nick Fury, but. I thought you were going to announce the Leo Fitz series. <laughs> I mean, immediately there were websites that had pictures of like the fan, like just gratuitously like fantastic four photos. I really don't think that they worked to get Fox back so that we could watch fantastic four on a streaming, you know, six episode miniseries. but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But how much of a power move is that though? Right. I mean, like there's no chance it's going to be bad. Right, and how many subscribers would they get by doing a Fantastic Four movie for streaming, or a Fantastic Four adjacent miniseries or something? You know, I mean, they're putting movie budgets in like this Mandalorian series. You know, if they do something like that with Fantastic Four, that's kind of a. Uh, I mean, they've had three movies that have been very bad so far. Instead of doing a fourth one that people might not show up because of its reputation. Why not do a streaming show? Yeah. I mean, to be clear, they're not doing like not to be pedantic, but they're you know, to, to bring back Marvel Abacus Man. It's not quite a film budget, you know, like <laughs> right. um, they're doing 100 million for 10 hours, which most of these Marvel movies now are 150 to 200 for two hours. So it's still not nearly as big a budget as a film. I think what would be really cool, I don't think they would do this, but if we're just like wishing, um, do a Wolverine TV series, but not X-Men. Just like give us Wolverine as a young man, give us Wolverine in Japan, give us Wolverine like Mr. Super Spy Guy. Don't even like pre-claws if you want to like just develop his character. Give us three or four seasons of that. And then introduce him in like the third X-Men movie so that we have a fully developed Wolverine coming into the X-Men movies. I would totally be there for that. Um, and I think that would be a big splash. But all right. Last bit of news I've got. Uh, Peyton Reed uh, was talking about Ant-Man 3. He says he's got plans for Ant-Man 3 and he's excited to make it. Uh, we, I feel like we've talked about this before. Do you guys really want an Ant-Man 3 or... How do you feel about coming back to the quantum realm again? (laughs) 
I would be fine with Scott and um um Ah. I would be fine with the characters of Ant-Man being absorbed into ensemble shows. Right. I don't need more Ant-Man movies. Right. I when we do our um updated film rankings, whenever that might be, um and I've been thinking about that. I'm not sure. I mean, Ant-Man and the Wasp might be very, very, very far down my list. It's just totally forgettable almost. Like I, I don't care about that movie whatsoever. I mean, Paul Rudd's great. Evangeline Lilly's great. But as a movie, I mean, it's just, eh, you know? This is two weeks in a row that you guys are picking on Ant-Man and the Wasp. I mean, geez. What happened last week? I don't even remember that. Last week, Rhiannon said that Venom was about as good as Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, wow. So, so, what? I mean, it's... I liked Ant-Man 1 better, probably. I don't don't know what it was. I mean, I'm not sure if it was... And and go back a few months, and we we talked about it. I mean, no matter how well Ant-Man and the Wasp did at the box office, people would still think it was probably a disappointment because it followed infinity war so maybe that's why i don't think so highly of ant-man and the wasp just because infinity war was that much more important i guess um i don't know it, it just didn't feel like they went as far as they could have with ant-man and the wasp i mean it was all about the quantum realm and we we solved the quantum realm itself for 10 minutes if that like five minutes you know so I like it. I mean, it's literally like I've been thinking about my rankings. It's right dead middle. Like Ant Man, Ant Man and the Wasp are ten and eleven out of twenty for me. Um, so I like it quite a bit. I, I just, you know, like I, I just don't know if we need to. I think the biggest concern is there's hints that we're going to go to the quantum realm with Avengers four in some way, shape, or form, and that it's going to play a role in this. Like Michael Douglas teased that this week. Um, if that does happen, I loved them going there and it was bizarre and crazy and bonkers. And I was like, whoa, what are they doing when they did that in Ant-Man? Like the first time we saw the quantum realm, it was sort of weird and abstract. I mean, this was even before Dr. Strange's like magical mystery tour. And so I loved it in Ant-Man and I was okay to go back there and I'm curious about it. But if we return in Avengers four to the quantum realm and they actually visit that, like, quantum city they're talking about and they somehow unlock mysteries of time travel that way at that point i'm done i don't need like a micronauts movie or whatever you know like i don't i don't need to go any more oh, that way cool would that be though micronauts <laughs> sign me up oh i just man. convinced adam that he wants it no, I, <laughs> I just want to see bug i want to see bug as one of the guardians but i don't think that'll ever happen he was in the first draft of guardians one though so I don't know. Oh, like the Nicole Perlman draft or whatever? I have no idea. I just know. No, I think he might have been a. T- I think Gunn had planned on using him, but obviously now it's go- he's going to be very redundant with Mantis. All right, uh, we haven't talked about this, but we need to talk Daredevil. Are we just going to talk the rest of the show? Because I I really just want to keep talking about it. So I'm happy to talk about seven through thirteen. Does that work? I mean. Can- can we talk about the biggest thing first? I have written notes for Daredevil. Holy, you have a whole notepad. I was just going to, <laughs> I mean, 
one of the three people you're listening to right now is technically canon, right? Can we say that? I mean, we could say that, right? Yeah. I Wait, mean, it's a fact. I mean, are we talking, almost, are we just jumping of... straight to Daredevil spoilers, or are we going to talk about the news? That's not even a spoiler, though, is it? It's not a spoiler. Bullseye kills Rhiannon. <laughs> Bullseye did not <laughs> no. kill spoiler. Rhiannon. Rhiannon is still alive and could totally be a major character in the next season. Yeah, totally. I Do you want to see... shed more light on this, Rhiannon? Or... I want to see all of the Rhiannon fanfic. Um, send me links. I have reached out to the writer. Um, so, I mean, so, yeah. Um, jumping straight to Daredevil. Episode 10. Um, there's a Karen Page tells her dad that she spent the night with Rhiannon. Um, and that's me. I'm friends with the writer of that's episode so 10. so cool. And she <laughs> threw my name in. And she told me ahead of time that, you know, hey, I was able to throw your name in the show. And I expected it to be my last name because it's not as easily identifiable. And she's, like, previously said, I'll never be able to throw your first name in. Um, and she did. So there I am. I didn't get an actual character. I did reach out. Like, there was that person that there's a girl that Karen Page was, um, like, doing lime, you know, like, doing things with at the party in the scene previous. I asked her if I was that person, because that would be even more awesome <laughs> if I kind of made out with Karen Page. And she said no, but I could tell people that that's the case. So I haven't decided. I would rather Rhiannon stay a mystery and possibly, you know, have have some reason to show up. Maybe she could be Karen's, you know, maybe, like, Karen and Matt would get married one day and she could be a bridesmaid or something. As if they wouldn't just go to City Hall. I was thinking that I need to... I need to make better friends with your friends because I really think <laughs> I think the next pastor of Matt's church should totally be Father Borchers. Oh, it would be the most perfect thing ever. Ooh, yes, you should. Um, I mean, it's not like I did anything special to be friends with this person. I was just nice. Are you wearing a Legion shirt? Yes. <laughs> I just noticed that. Yeah. Where the heck did you get a Legion t-shirt at? This was swag at San Diego Comic-Con 2017. Uh, I didn't know they actually marketed that show. I have two Legion shirts. I have one from the panel in 2017 and one from the panel in 2018. All right, so Rhiannon, start hitting your notebook. What? Uh, yeah, let's just do full spoilers. If you haven't seen Daredevil, this I think this will take a while. So go ahead, hit us with your best stuff. What do you What are you thinking about the way this season ended? Okay, all right. I mean, I might have set this up too big. My notebook doesn't actually have much written in it. I just started writing stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, just like on the somber note, like the the scene. So in episode seven, I mean, we talked mostly through episode six last week. Episode seven. There is a scene with all of the cell phones where Karen looks over and there's a bunch of cell phones there in the FBI office. Um, I actually, that actually, like, I almost started crying when I saw that because I recently heard a story of a guy at work. We have a lot of first responders or former first responders, a guy that worked the Pulse nightclub shooting who Ugh. had like PTSD from the iPhone ring. 
Because evidently when he was on the scene for that shooting, everybody's phones were going off and it was all that standard iPhone ring. And it was people who weren't there to answer their phone and, or, you know, couldn't answer, you know, people that had died or whatever. And it was their family members trying to get a hold of them. So just that scene was a gut punch for me. And I didn't know if it was for others, but I wanted to put that story in everybody's head so that you could have the gut punch with me. Yeah. It, it felt like something that somebody in the writer's room researched. Like, I'm sure that's a real thing that really happens in tragedies. And it was very, very poignant way to do it, you know? And the other big thing that I wrote down was I noticed I was rewatching. Yeah. I just like turned the episodes on in the background while I'm doing other stuff tonight. There was no point in watching this season, even though Matt was going up against like an unbeatable opponent. There was no point where I thought, well, why doesn't he call Jessica Jones? You know, why doesn't he call Danny Rand? Why doesn't he? And to me, that was something about the sheer quality of the series. The fact that I never doubted what was happening. Everything was tied together and made sense. And it never felt like, oh my God, if you just called Luke Cage, this would be over. Um, and I, I, I was pretty impressed when I realized that. Because I usually am one of the first ones. Maybe it's just that I want them all to call Matt Murdock. And... Well, and it's, it's the thing is the, the tension of the show is not a tension that's fixed by punching something, you know, like I love superhero stuff, but one of the obvious critiques of superhero stuff is they solve every problem by punching someone really hard. Now there's some cool punching in the show, but Matt's problem is primarily a legal political one, you know, like. I love that they made a show about a lawyer superhero have actual real legal concerns is like the heart of it. And I think that's very smart from their part as far as the conflict of the, the season. Um, I also was wondering if I needed to go ahead and start planting some, you know, if I needed to start working on some manipulations so that if in two to three to five years I needed to call on somebody, I would own them. Do you guys have any ideas? Should we start that? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a long game, so. I mean, I've said this before on the podcast. You can own me for 20 bucks for my spot <laughs> on the podcast. Well, that doesn't require years of planning. I'll let you require years. I'm very flexible. <laughs> I'll send you 20 bucks let... now and I can call you up five years from now. Yeah, I'll text you my Venmo. That's cool. Awesome. Oh, if there's one Netflix character that deserves to be in the movies, it's it's Vincent D'Onofrio, is it not? I mean, I every time he's on screen, he's just incredibly hateful. You know, it's like, oh man, this guy again, and and that speaks so much to how well he's doing his job. Um, man, in the I mean. I never saw. I ne I'm not sure about you two, but I never saw that grand jury twist coming whatsoever. Because they totally got my mind off of Kingpin and all that stuff, and I'm thinking, wow, they actually escaped. 
the gunman or whatever like that. And then Matt starts listening in, and I'm like, oh, man. You know, Kingpin keeps doing the same stuff over and over and over again, but they were able to craft, I'm not sure if you want to call them side plots or sub-stories or, or whatever, to keep you guessing even though you had a gut feeling that was going on. Does that make sense? Yeah, so I didn't feel that way because as they were celebrating outside that room, I was like, Matt's going to hear something in that room any second now. Like, I totally was waiting for it. And then when he got put that look on his face, I'm like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of saw the grand jury coming. But, I mean, I don't know. There was also a theory that Kingpin would go to jail, but also Matt would end up in jail and we'd get a little devil in cell block D. Like, beyond that there was a hallway fight, but, you know, a situation where Matt actually goes to jail. Um, are you guys excited that Fisk survived? Because mm-hmm. yes. I, mm-hmm. I totally thought Fisk would die. And I, I think that's why I was so upset with that final fight, was that it kept Fisk from dying, and I was so ready for him to just be dead. Yeah, but there there was no chance. There was 0% chance that Matt was actually going to be the one to kill him. No, that's why I thought it was so crafty that Matt crafted this situation where Bullseye was going to kill him so his soul would be clean. And um, Bullseye would be, you know, somehow taken out by the fight too. I think with Matt's guilt complex he would have not been clean one bit if Bullseye had done the murdering. Yeah, He but... still would have been completely racked with guilt because he know he knew that he pointed the gun and he let somebody else fire it. But I don't think Matt would feel guiltless if Bullseye had done the job. I don't think he would have felt guiltless, but I think it would have gotten around. It would have been a little different. But yeah, I mean, just overall, it left me kind of surprised that Kingpin is still alive. Um, because that's a really long time for a villain to stay around in the MCU. Yeah, but he's so perfect. I mean, the cool thing is <laughs> right. they really can they can save him for. I, I would love to see him against Tom Holland. Like at first, it felt like it would be weird, but like the pure cynicism of a kingpin versus like the the naivete of of this Peter Parker we have. And the idea that, like, he knows that Daredevil would would bother Vanessa, so he moves to something that's more, like, focused away from Hell's Kitchen and starts getting involved in something that somehow mixes him up with Spider-Man. I would love to see Vincent D'Onofrio in a Spidey movie. It would be so good, and it would be... To me, it would be the pinnacle of TV film crossovers that we've had so far. Like, it would be so awesome. I'd be so there for it. I'm using the word so far too much. <laughs> I'm so weird. But uh, I'm glad they didn't kill uh, Kingpin, mainly for the fact that I would take a third and fourth and fifth season featuring Kingpin over another season featuring The Hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, without... And that's the other thing. I mean, how this seri- this season made season two look brutal. You know, it was just kind of like a night and day difference. Plus, with with no kingpin in Matt's life, I mean, who who would they? I mean, we have Bullseye now, but Bullseye can't be the the big big bad, can he? Yeah, why not? I mean, Bullseye 
Bullseye could definitely. I mean, they opened up a lot of big bads. You could still have Gladiator, not as a big bad, but, you know, he's good for more than just one big fight. Um, there's places they can go. I mean, what they've proved is, I don't know, yeah, this season was strong because you had a big bad that could carry it the whole season and brought it, made it interesting. But you can't have every season with the same big bad keeping it interesting in the same way. So let me ask a question that you're going to hate, Rhiannon. Um, yeah, I'm fine. Do we do we have do we have to have a season four of Daredevil? Is there a world in which this was actually a really beautiful way to end a trilogy of seasons of Daredevil, and we get kind of a complete great arc for the show? Yeah, yeah, it'd be fine. I'd be okay. I mean, I don't want, I don't like suggesting it because I love this show and I would like to see more and I'd like to see him go some other places. Some of the stuff they've done lately with like Blind uh, blind Spot and Muse, like I'd love to see Muse on a Netflix show. Yes. Like I think that could be real super interesting. Uh, I think Ten Fingers would be something interesting in recent times to kind of explore and develop. Uh, I think you could bring Tombstone into this show in probably an interesting way. I think you could bring in somebody like Tombstone or Black Cat or some other crime boss. And what would be really interesting is to see Matt like somehow have to team up with Kingpin. Like there would be some way where Kingpin's expertise would help Matt to bring down another criminal. I think that would be great. So I, there's a lot of things I'd love to see and I'm, I don't want to be finished with it. But I also think that if it is finished and this is the end of it, that it's a beautifully well-crafted full circle kind of thing where uh, we'll talk about it in a minute. Iron Fist and Luke Cage ended in a place where it felt like the middle of an arc. Whereas this, I feel like has had a pretty completed arc and we've seen bullseye now. And there's not like, there's not bucket list stuff that I have to see out of daredevil anymore after this season. I still don't see typhoid set his hair on fire, but you know, that's true. Typhoid Mary as a bat of season four would be really interesting. Three seasons of daredevil. And we have not seen modern day Matt Murdock get laid. Like there are so many, well, no, but no, I'm totally fine. If this is the end, they ended it in a beautiful place. I will admit I stood up and cheered more times in Daredevil 3 than Iron Fist 2. So that is a huge feat in my book. I mean, yeah, there's all kinds of little moments I could call out as being amazing. Like the the big reveal we talked about last week, wondering if it even happened. I mean, that was the perfect way to make the reveal between mother and son, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, just Matt overhearing that, I'm like, that makes perfect sense. I, I, I mean, I thought it was interesting because, like, in the comics, he caught signs. He noticed that she was lying at very, or that she would get anxious when she was talking about certain things, and, um... And it didn't make sense, and he sort of figured it out. But I loved the way this reveal caught him completely off guard. I was affect. I mean, I hate losing Father Lantum. Like, I love that character so much. 
And so, like, I feel like he was the right guy to kill to have, like, maximum impact, but still keeping your toys to play with in the future. And Maggie naturally kind of takes Lantum's place in Matt's life. But, like, man, when he when he stuck, stuck up to, to take Karen's, you know, thing, like, oh, I felt for him. We mentioned in our Slack chat, there was a lot of subtle things that I really felt like were really brilliantly well written. Um, things that they didn't even call super attention to, but like, um, when Nadim calls his son, it's not for the last time cause he did the video, but like he calls his son to tell him he's going in for the grand jury. He's like, listen, people are going to say things about your dad, but I want you to know that like, I'm doing this for you. The fact that he's talking in the same phone that Jack Murdoch made the final calls and the final arrangement so that he could not throw the fight and Matt could be proud of him. That's a really like, to me, that's a very subtle callback, right? Like the fact that Nadim is kind of making a similar speech on the same phone as Jack made years before. Like, but I think that's so well done, right? Like it's a show that like respects the textures and the layers over the years. And I thought that little stuff like that was so cool. If you are not following Jay Ali, who plays Nadim on Twitter, and Wilson Bethel, it's hilarious. Let's, I guess let's just, um, the final fight, the three-way fight with Bullseye and Kingpin and Daredevil, um, was it a fitting finale? I I liked that, I felt like it was a better finale than season one. Did you guys, uh, enjoy the way that it it wrapped up in that hotel, uh, the, you know, the penthouse? Well, I... I had issues with the fight on the first watch because, I mean, I guess, like, in hindsight, it was just, I so badly wanted Fisk to die. And, or I wanted, okay, so, other idea, and this happened in the comic, well, at some point in the comics, Fisk went blind, so I kind of thought in that last moment, Matt might gouge his eyeballs out and let him live. But anyways, in the end... I wondered why Matt even needed to be there because I thought it was an awesome orchestration of getting Bullseye to go against Fisk and Matt didn't need to be there. Um, But in hindsight, like going back and rewatching it, it was just really good. And oh my God, just that last moment with Matt and Fisk was amazing. I mean, I feel like we could rank the fights of this season. It was super cool. I like how Matt kind of took a the page out of Fisk's uh what do you call it rule book about the uh letting rage out through a scream i really enjoyed that and the unmasking of sorts um it was dope then there's the whole symbology of Fisk getting his face beat in right in front of the painting which got it all splattered um it was it was all right i mean i I did think the the ballroom stuff kind of seemed convoluted a bit, um, but like the upstairs penthouse fight, I thought that was pretty cool as well. The biggest the biggest criticism about the end, uh, I think they could have easily done without the uh, tag scene or post credit scene or, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it was it was just the the special effect sucked. That's all to me. Is that a comic reference like the whole him getting his spine rebuilt it is so he gets his spine not laced but he gets his spine rebuilt with adamantium which of course they can't use 
But I am surprised they did use Dr. Oyama, who is Lord Darkwind, who is Lady Deathstrike's father, and he is the creator of Adamantium. So, X-Men trivia for you. Obviously, Bullseye was getting his spine fixed with Adamantium, but they couldn't mention it or anything of that nature. I feel like they're at a spot now where, like, they're just daring Fox. So, like, we're using stuff we're not allowed to, but what's Fox going to do? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that happened in the comics. Bullseye got an adamantium spine? Yeah, he got, like, a spinal fusion. And does that help him do anything? Does that... Um, it lets him not die when he, he, like, fell off a skyscraper and walked away from it. So not just spine, but other adamantium-type stuff. You know, comics. Yeah, I just, I never knew that about Bullseye. I was just going to say that character did debut in the Daredevil comics, Oyama did. Um, So that's why they could use him, but they just can't use anything else related to Because Lady Deathstrike was the person in X2, right? Yeah, she was in X2, yep. I um I enjoyed I didn't realize it till later but there's kind of a um there's a symmetry to the first and last episode in that in the first episode Matt ends up on his knees basically asking for someone to kill him and then the last episode Kingpin is on his knees basically asking Matt to kill him and so it was just one more way to like put Fisk and Murdoch on parallel but different paths that they're kind of they both have this like underlying sort of suicidal tendency that um, kind of comes out in that moment of extreme pressure, which I thought was very interesting. To kind of, just one more way for for basically Kingpin to say, "You and I are not that different, Mister Murdoch." You know. But also in the symmetry, the literal first scene and the literal last scene. The first scene is Matt flying through the air with his arms out to the side, making sort of a cross with his body. And then it ends with Bullseye on the operating table in the same pose. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, I think there's a lot. There's a lot. I think this is going to be very rewatchable. Like, I've only watched all the episodes through once, but I think I could rewatch all 13 now and still get have a really good time with it. I can tell where all my friends are because they text me when they get to episode 10. <laughs> it's still, I, that's that's, I instantly heard that. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Same. You're, you're, that we'll transition now. We talked about that. I mean, we need to talk about our main conversation today. Is is the Netflix MCU dead? Because it is. Um, we had Iron Fist get canceled a week later. We have Luke Cage getting canceled. By the way, um, Marvel, could you not cancel crap on Friday afternoons? Because it really does not work well for our recording schedule. Friday nights. I was at like my high school reunion. Like, hi, I haven't seen you in ten years. Holy! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in in political circles, they re- that like that's a very common technique for like Congress or White House or whatever. Like, if there's some crap they don't want people talking about, they they like do news like a press release at four a four p.m. on a Friday so that it kind of misses the news cycle. Is I mean, is that some of what Netflix was doing? Was just trying to like make this as little noticed as possible? I hadn't thought about that. I mean, it's not like Iron Fist ever made the news cycle to begin with. Yeah, I mean, surely they didn't release that to kill Daredevil excitement. Right. 
So, I mean, let's let's start with, I mean, last week, obviously, Adam gave us a lot of great reaction to Iron Fist being canceled. Um, now that Luke is canceled, what's your guys' feelings about not seeing another season of Luke Cage? I mean, to me, it makes sense. Like, like I said before, I mean, I, I enjoyed Iron Fist 2 a lot better than Luke Cage 2. Um, so I totally get it. Um, but you guys know what side of the fence I'm on. I, the weird thing is, it was... I liked it a lot more than season one. And they said it was canceled because of creative differences, which I don't think necessarily is a big part of it. But then they also lumped in the, uh, what was it, the inability or inability to come to terms. So obviously somebody's changed their terms. What that means, I guess we kind of have to decipher. Yeah. Rihanna, how do you feel just about the fact you won't see Luke uh, continuing that story? I, I, I'm sad. I mean, Danny wasn't a huge surprise, but Luke Cage, like, that show got really positive reviews. It was amazing. The first season broke Netflix. So to think that it wasn't enough, um, and to think think i mean this one hit me a lot harder because what it could mean i mean nothing is safe this show supposedly half of it was written they had half of the scripts for a season four or season three for the next season of luke cage they i and i don't remember where i heard that it was from one of you guys um but I, so, like, nothing is safe, and I don't know. I just want news very quickly. If they're, if they're, if they're up to something, if they're trying to move all of this to Disney, then go ahead and announce that they're going to, you know, be rebooting these shows at Disney. Go ahead and announce that they're going to recast them and make them a whole new show. Go ahead and announce that Jessica Jones and Daredevil, that they're just, that just Marvel isn't renewing anything. Don't make me wait four months and then find out the Daredevil's been canceled. That's what I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it made the whole world seem uncertain. Purely from the show perspective, they ended Luke Cage and I felt like a really interesting but kind of ambiguous and weird place with Luke kind of being forced to take this position that Uh, he wasn't totally comfortable with and kind of feeling like it was a weird turn for Luke and how is he going to navigate it? And so I I don't, you know, I just said a minute ago that daredevil season three, if it's the last one, I'll feel like I'll be, I'll be at peace with where it ended. I don't feel that way at all about Luke Cage. I didn't feel that way about iron fist. I definitely don't feel that way about Luke Cage. Like I needed a third season to see how he processed that. And the idea that the last shot I have of Mike Coulter is him sitting behind Cottonmouth's desk owning Harlem's Paradise really bums me out. Like, I wanted to see that show finish out a little more. And so, um, yeah, and I, I, I mean, it was pretty clear that, that Cheo and, and crew did not write that finale assuming that that would be a finale for the show. I mean, they had significant plans, it seems. And so that always, bo- I just always bothers me when it's something I like that the creative team is kind of abruptly finished. 
And I was kind of hoping that we're in a world where that stuff would happen less with like a Netflix where Netflix would be a little like more fan sensitive to give us an ending to this stuff. Right. And so, so I'm understanding this correctly. I mean, Netflix is technically the one who canceled, right? Yeah. So let's talk about, that's my big question. So yeah, Netflix canceled it, but what's going on here? I mean, let's start to pick this apart. Like what, where is this thing falling apart? Uh, since then, some news has come out from some research company that showed that like social media was far less, um, uh, talkative about seasons two of both Iron Fist and Luke Cage. And then they pointed out that there was a similar drop off for Jessica and Daredevil. I want to see similar data for like Orange is the New Black, House of Cards. Yes. You know, I want to know about like all these other series too. Well, they just renewed today a third season of a show called like uh, Unaltered or. Altered Carbon? Altered Carbon? No, it's like a show about a kid with Asperger's. Oh, a typical, atypical. That's it. I've never heard of this thing before. Okay, it's a good I mean, show. it may be it may be wonderful. Okay, but let's just talk about why things are canceled. Are you really telling me that atypical has a whole lot more viewers than Luke Cage season two? Because I don't believe it. I don't buy it. I've never even heard of it. It, it might. It, it sounds it's much very. Cheaper cheaper it's very more affordable it has an incredibly wide viewer base i mean i don't know if you've seen like the curious creations of christine mcconnell i think netflix makes that show in somebody's basement yeah but see this is this is not about ratings and how well it did we're starting to talk about costs too right Mm -hmm. i mean rihanna did bring up some netflix staples you know house of cards and orange is the new black both have been announced that their next seasons are going to be their last. So, I mean, they're moving through kind of their, well, what do you want to call it? Their foundational shows, their um, powerhouse shows, their, I mean, that's kind of what, those House of Cards and Oranges and the New Black is kind of like the original Netflix originals, you know, and they're ready to move on from them. Um, so, I mean, I'm not sure any show is safe at this point. They're also greenlighting left and greenlighting greenlighting left and right like Mark Millar properties and like crummy '90s comics that were written by um oh what's Deadpool man's name can't draw feet Rob Liefeld Rob Liefeld comics are getting greenlit for shows like Netflix is producing a ton of comic stuff and none of it is the level of IP and the level of interest of Marvel so I'm just gonna give my opinion right now. It's baloney. It's not about how many people are watching it. It's not about how interested they are. It's not about, ooh, the social media presence is going down. No, 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 no. I'll tell you what I think happened. I think they came back and said, hey, Marvel, we want a third season of Luke Cage. And Marvel said, okay, our license fee just like quadrupled. I think Marvel outpriced Netflix and basically told Netflix, we want these characters back. If you want them, you're going to pay out the nose. And Netflix said, no, I'm not doing that. Right. That's what right. I, I mean. Why, why wouldn't they do that? If, if they increase the price and a Netflix bites, I mean, they just get a whole crap ton more of cash. But if Netflix doesn't bite, which they haven't 
twice so far, I mean, they can do whatever the heck they want with them. I mean, we might never see these shows ever again, or we might see them as movies, or we might see them as something else, you know? And, and that brings up a good point. I mean, Netflix purchased two seasons of Iron Fist and Luke Cage. I mean, obviously, I would guess Netflix retains the rights to those two seasons. But, I mean, when it comes down to, like, cast and crew and storyline, can they own the storyline or what have you, you know? I have none of no idea how that works. I mean, I would guess, I mean, we've seen it before, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine switched networks and Roseanne or uh, Tim Allen's really crappy show, uh, whatever it's called, you know? Last yeah, Man those switch networks. No, not Last Man Standing. Yeah, 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 Last, Last Man Standing. Yeah, it's yeah, Last Man it. Standing. Um, oh, okay, that's a stupid title, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it'd be awesome to get our hands on something and, and find out all these details i would you know i i guess i have no idea and i can't even speculate on what's going on i mean perfect scenario they can just carry the entire cast and crew over to disney streaming um without any interruption well, cheo and mike coulter are not sounding like right. they're expecting to be back right. right like i mean if you look at their social media posts they said goodbye to luke cage effectively right. Right, and so so the Iron Fist cast. So um... I told Rhiannon the the case study for this. I think that we'll see first is going to be Clone Wars, the Star Wars animated show, because there was like five seasons of that on Cartoon Network, and then Netflix bought all that up, and they did one season of Netflix of Clone Wars, and now it's getting resurrected onto the Disney streaming. So when Disney streaming opens, if they have all the Clone Wars back episodes, including the Netflix produced ones on Disney streaming, I, I just that'll be our first sign as to what's possible as far as who owns the back catalog and all that kind of stuff. And if that's the case, like if all of the MCU on Netflix can move over to Disney and be there with the back catalog, that would be amazing. I mean, that that would be perfect daredevil would never end in that regard i mean look at how they've dragged on agents of shield for just the value of the ip and the stability of the base just i that would be great but right now i'm scared i mean is there going to be a pitching process involved i mean disney owns marvel studios and disney owns marvel television I mean, are they going to, you think Bob Iger and Bob's people are going to say, well, Marvel TV gets X amount and can do whatever, and then Marvel Studios gets X amount? Or do you think that there's some kind of pitching process that Jeff Loeb's actually going to have to continue selling to Disney streaming service in addition to Netflix, in addition to Hulu, in addition to ABC, and so on? He'll have to arm wrestle Feige for each right. Marvel television show that he'd like to get. They'll pull out by. that cage from uh, the Jessica Henwick fights in and Iron Fist yeah. and just let him duke it. So, first of all, I think Jeff Loeb's job is in essentially trouble. done. Yes, I, I I might be wrong, but I, I think he may be in big trouble because the way that I would guess. Okay, I'm an idiot. I don't know. I, I don't know anything <laughs> about these things. This is all purely guessing. Um, they do have execs that are in charge of Disney streaming and content procurement is a big part of what they're doing. My assumption is that 
um, Disney has a budget for their content for the streaming service. And they have a general idea of how much of that buzz budget is going to go to Lucasfilm, how many, how much is going to go to Marvel Studios, and how much might go to like special animated stuff or Pixar stuff or you know Hallmark movie type garbage that they're going to put on there. And my guess is that they'll sit down with Kevin Feige and they'll say, "Hey, here's the budget we have. What would you guys like to do?" And he'll pick. I don't think Jeff Lowe's going to object. I mean, the fact that the Loki and Scarlet Witch show are are being done by Feige tells me that Jeff Lowe's not going to have any say in that stuff. And so maybe he'll, I mean, he'll continue to work on Runaways and Cloak and Dagger and maybe Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But like the more and more they get into this, I just, um, I I think it's going to work real different. I think it's going to come much more top down than it used to come. Um, I mean, so one of the things with this, Adam, that that is is important, and again, if you don't like the nerdy business side of the stuff, I'm sorry, but what's happening is we're seeing an increase, uh, increasing alignment between the production and distribution studios on television. Back in the day, CBS Studios would make a show that ABC would pay to pick up, And ABC would pay a premium to CBS for them to produce the show that ABC was airing. And that kind of cross-pollination happened all the time. The problem is the margins have reduced on TV, and that's gotten really crazy expensive. And so, or not more expensive, but just they can't afford it anymore. So like the Goldbergs almost got canceled by ABC because ABC Studios doesn't produce it. And similarly, uh, Brooklyn uh, 911 or whatever that show is... um, the that show Fox canceled that in part because Fox doesn't produce it. Somebody else produced it and they didn't want to pay, you know, the, the licensing cost for it. And so what you see here is Netflix is far less invested in creating a show that they have to pay ABC slash Disney to make than if it's a show that they just own the rights to outright. And similarly, Disney wants to get all the stuff back under their umbrella and so this is, I mean, this is happening across the board in all sorts of TV. And so it shouldn't totally surprise it. It's one of the reasons you mentioned Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's why Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stayed alive is because it's a Disney ABC owned property being done by an ABC studio for an ABC network. And so that makes sense. The other thing that I think has to be remembered here, Disney started a war with Netflix Netflix gave them a gigantic check to put all of their films on Netflix first off. It used to be like, uh, I think it was a Showtime deal. It expired. And for the last three or four years, this is why Black Panther is on Netflix right now. Is because Netflix paid like millions and millions and millions of dollars to Disney. And after three years of that deal, Disney said, oh, thanks for all this money you gave us. Screw you guys. We're taking it back. We're starting our own business. We're going to directly compete with you. And so I think it's very possible these two guys hate each other. And I have no doubt that the way this went down is Netflix went to renew. Disney said, hey, we jacked the price. And Netflix said, you know what? Forget it. You know, you've already cut your ties with us on the movie side. You can take our money and shove it up your butt. We're going to make our own stuff. I don't think these two companies probably like each other a whole lot. Because they're about to get into a drag-down knockout war between... Uh, particularly since Disney's going to own Hulu, right? Like Disney has positioned themselves to specifically be the big bad guy who's going to try to kill Netflix. 
Why would you give them money if you were Netflix? To me, all this stuff makes sense on the business side. And it says to me, Daredevil season four, Jessica Jones season four, Punisher season three. If it's not been greenlit, it's not going to be. I really do think this is like game over. No more Netflix. Because there's no reason for Netflix to want to help ABC and Disney make more money so they can throw it into their streaming services, which are trying to kill Netflix. That was a very long filibuster. Sorry, I just don't like, you know. Like, and that is, no, that is our new segment called What's Bugging Caleb? <laughs> no, I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, business-wise, it just it just makes sense for this relationship to end. So, I mean, I, I, I've said that I don't, I think that we're going to see more of these cancellations. Do you guys hold out hope that we're going to get a Daredevil 4? I mean, to me, if anything happens, it'll be Daredevil Season 4. Do you think that's going to be there or just your uneducated guesses? Are, are we going to see that not happen? I think we're, we're done. I mean, they've canceled half the stuff so far. I mean, we haven't gotten an official cancellation about Defenders quite yet. Uh, I'd say everything's probably done. I mean, that the one thing is Daredevil would have to be a Hulu play because they're not going to put Daredevil on Disney streaming. Um, I think there's potential that maybe when they renewed for, I mean, like, it's there's potential that there's a, and this is what I tell myself to get to sleep at night, that to make Daredevil season three happen, they had to renegotiate. And they already got the rights for it. And they got the rights for, like, seasons three and four. Or something. So it's possible that maybe... And and maybe the same situation with Jessica Jones. Like, when they renewed for season three of Jessica Jones, they negotiated for seasons three and four or something like that. Yeah, I'm just telling myself that maybe there is potential. I think when you look at Charlie Cox's ah, interviews... There's a lot of interviews with him or, um, and Wilson Bethel that played Bullseye where they just openly talk about the next season. You know, next season, man, you know, there's lots of joking about what they did to him, what they did to Wilson in his first season and hazing and stuff. And he's like, oh, well, next season you'll get to do all that, uh, you know, and all of this. So there's lots of talk as though they know the next season is happening. Now, granted. Mike Coulter thought the next season was happening as well. So that means Deadly Squad. Um, and I but... think the showrunner for Daredevil Season 3 has said some public things that do not feel very confident to me. Well, no. And he very much... I always thought this was weird because all through New York Comic Con and everything, he was like, please watch, please watch, everybody, please watch, everybody, please watch. And that... Yeah, that made me nervous because I was like, dude, like, Daredevil's going to go on as long as they want to go on. Like, Iron Fist, please watch. But, like, Daredevil's definitely getting another season. And then, you know, like, the next day they canceled Iron Fist. And I was like, oh, 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 please watch. Um, But I don't believe Daredevil is already dead. I believe there is still potential for Daredevil Season 4. And I don't think we'll hear anything about Jessica Jones until the new season That's the thing. If there's another show to get canceled, Daredevil probably would be the next one. Because they're not going to cancel Jessica Jones or The Punisher before their season's premiere. Would they? Unless they, Unless they do. Unless they say, 
get ready for the final season of Jessica Jones. I mean, they could market it as see the final season of Jessica Jones. You know, for the three weeks that they market. Right, but they, they kind of went into that a little bit when they uh, announced Rosenberg wasn't coming back, right? How they had kind of plans afterwards? Or am I making stuff up? Um, I think, I mean, Rosenberg, I think, said some things like you'd expect her to say about like, hey, even when I'm gone, this show will still be in great hands, and I'm sure they'll find a great person to follow me up. But I mean, maybe she's she gone because it's already canceled. <laughs> I mean, Maybe. I mean, that could, that's totally plausible. Yeah. So let's say Disney does get all of this. Let's say that we're as, as pessimistic as we can be. And this all wraps up and what we have announced is all we get. And Disney gets these characters back. Um, Do you want to see them go to something like Hulu and just continue this universe and kind of resurrect it and keep these storylines and pick up in the same places or do we kind of seal this all off as a mini universe as like an Elseworld and then reintroduce Punisher and Daredevil and Jessica and Luke and Iron Fist into Marvel uh, streaming and Marvel movies afresh? Like, I guess, how much do you love this Netflix universe as exists that you really want to see it continue or would it be okay to let what we have kind of finish it out and, and start over? So my gut feeling is this. If this Marvel-Netflix relationship does end, um, I would say Feige probably wants one or two of these characters, if not most of them, uh, for movie or streaming properties. Obviously, they're not going to put the Punisher on Disney streaming because someone, some poor lad's going to be watching Finding Nemo then accidentally go to the Punisher episode 12 and watch some guy get his eyes jabbed out. You know, that's not going to happen. But, I, I mean, Daredevil's obviously a movie property or could be a movie property. Um, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think we would agree Iron Fist would make a much better movie than TV show. Um yeah, wasn't there at one point a Luke Cage movie script floating around? Uh, I think Wesley Snipes recall. tried to get it made at some point. Maybe I'm wrong. There you go. I feel like Wesley Snipes so, wanted I mean, all those characters at some point. I mean, they're either, if these shows are done on Netflix in their current state, they would almost have to land at Hulu. Because um, I don't think any of them... I mean, Jessica Jones deals with deep, deep stuff. Um, same with Luke Cage. So I, I don't see any of them landing at Disney streaming, I guess, unless they're toned down versions. But then I'm not sure who would even want that, you know? So I'm, I'm saying either these shows carry over to Hulu or Kev gets, uh, get some new characters to add to the, uh, big boy MCU. I'll just be in the corner whimpering at the very thought of this whole subject. <laughs> I mean, so. Hey, just remember, I'm pretty sure you made a mockery of me when Iron Fist got canceled. Just saying. Well, this is Iron Fist, and Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage, and Daredevil, and Eldon Henson as Foggy, and. and. 
you know, like all the side characters, there would be no more Brett Mahoney, there would be no more Ellison, who we thought was dead for six weeks, by the way. Not a, no no more Jerry Hogarth. We won't get to see her, you know, anymore. We won't, well, I mean, we'll get to see whatever in Jessica Jones season three, wherever she goes. But yeah, no more Trish. No more I want your cray cray. No more. Thank God. Good <laughs> Lord. Um, no more. I, I I keep going, but there's like so much of this universe that was built up, and yeah, they made some really big mistakes along the way. But and I would love to have known what it would have been in Feige's hands, but God, just tearing it down and rebuilding it—that would make me so sad. And if I can, this is really cynical, and I'm sorry to be this depressing, but if they really are at war with Netflix. Talk about a great way to cheapen and destroy the value of the Netflix property, particularly if they keep the back catalog on Netflix. You just, you write out the continuity. You go, oh no, that's not part of the MCU anymore. So now people that just watch it to be like completionists to see all the MCU stuff don't have to watch it anymore. Like all those Netflix shows become less valuable if they're written out of continuity. And I would not put it past Disney to do it because they freaking wrote the Fantastic Four out of Marvel Comics. They stopped putting Wolverine on posters because they didn't have the film rights. The idea that they would do anything possible to cheapen the Netflix continuity, I could see them going real petty on it. Uh, I can see the headline right now. Daredevil renewed for season four, comma, Scott Buck hired as showrunner. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah uh, now and you know there's also the possibility Michael T. Ford mentioned this I think he's right I mean they could just bring the cast over to the movies too I mean it's possible they could do a Daredevil movie in three years from now and Charlie Cox could be Daredevil and I think there could be varying levels of continuity there and it would work I mean it's there's all sorts of things that could happen it'll just be yeah, what but do you guys happen. you guys want to see Finn Jones in a movie I mean, I'm an Iron Fist guy, and I don't even want to see that. I don't think it would fit. Yeah, I think there's varying level. I mean, uh, there's been times I haven't loved Mike Coulter as as Luke Cage either. You know, like, um, so definitely Iron Fist, I'd be happy to recast. Um, I mean, I, I, Jessica Jones has never been my mental picture of Jessica Jones, but Malcolm makes up for it. If anybody, John Bernthal needs to continue to be the Punisher forever. I mean, right. I, maybe, I'm sure this is sacrilege for you, Rian. I like him even a little better than Charlie Cox's Daredevil. Like, to me, Bernthal is Frank Castle, so. See, Rhiannon unfriended me on Facebook because I said that Charlie Cox didn't really stand out this season. <laughs> or any season for any I'm, matter. I'm but. still not talking to you. <laughs> I mean, to each their own, you know? I am putting some awful stuff about you on Twitter. <laughs> you can't even go say ahead. It. I am just vague tweeting the crap out of you. Like tag Adam, me all you want. Adam kicks puppies. Hey, um, since Luke Cage has been uh, canceled, how are my Misty Night fans doing? Oh gosh, let's not kick that. I haven't. Place. I haven't been on to check. Uh, they're probably happy now that you know that the story is not going to be hijacked anymore, and we can 
have her properly fall in love with Danny Rand. That is what... I mean... That's what's so bizarre about Twitter. So, there was that contingency of Iron Fist fans that were upset that they gave the Iron Fist to Colleen and Davos. And then those same Iron Fist fans were upset that the show got canceled, even though that they were calling for the cancellation a week ago. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like... Come on, man. But a lot of those people, a lot of people, I mean, if you're not reading the fine print, a lot of people think that, oh, they've canceled Iron Fist. You know, like we thought in those first 10 minutes, this means we're getting Daughters of the Dragon. Or, you know, oh, now we're getting Heroes for Hire. Um, I mean, all signs point to no, no, no. But... I, I think a lot of people aren't realizing the full impacts right now. Uh, do you guys have any concluding thoughts on this? Um, just, you know, wrapping up kind of this conversation. I mean, it's it's never a good thing when a show gets canceled. I mean, what, hundreds of people are out of work, right? So Netflix has effectively laid off 200 people. I mean, it's not a fun deal. I mean, yeah, we root for things to get canceled like Shadowhunters, but at the end of the day... It's run by people who have families and lives. So keep that in mind when you go on your Twitter rants. There's there's lots of real-world impacts that are far more important than our little bit of entertainment. But um, if Daredevil gets canceled, we'll just have a podcast where I am curled up in a ball in the corner whimpering the whole time. I think my closing take would be, um, I just realized this talking tonight. We are now at a point where Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Punisher are the only Marvel shows that are on a network that is not completely owned by, basically owned by Disney. Right? For a while, Hulu was kind of separate, but now Hulu's getting taken over. We've got shows on ABC. We've got shows on Freeform. We've got the streaming service. Consolidation of production and... um, distribution is happening and so it's i think we should look for more any place where there's not that you know like um synergy we're gonna see it more and so uh, i think the upside of all this this could help us get it's all connected a lot more like if jeff Loeb is pushed out of a job to some degree i mean as far as Luke Cage and Iron Fist are more likely to appear in a Marvel movie today than they were two weeks ago. Correct? I would say so, yeah. I think so. I think that this could be kind of a next stage where we see a unification of the TV and film. Maybe not literally, but by canceling the TV shows and sucking them into miniseries or Disney streaming or whatever. um, I think we could get more connected than we are today. And I think... It's interesting that we complained about that so long and now some things are happening to make it possible and we're sad about them happening. That's just fascinating to me. All right. A couple things real quick in our mailbag. Um, Okay. So we got an email from somebody. I think his name was Colin. Uh, He sent an email to us so we didn't get it for like three weeks because we don't check our email very much. And um, it was a nice letter, but he basically was complaining that we crap on Venom too much. (laughs) Oh. And so hey. he was like, guys, I really like Venom. And I don't know why you guys had to be so nasty about it. I like your show, but I really wish you weren't so negative. Uh, so I was thinking, I think I've said this before. I was going to give my take on these things. You guys can chip in if you feel the same way. Um, 
on our show, we don't try to be a publicity department for anybody. Uh, like I just try to be really honest. And so if I like something, I say, I like it. And if it's junky, I think it's junky. And so, um, I am really negative about Sony stuff, but that's because, um, Sony took my money for amazing Spider-Man two and I'll never get it back. And so, uh, I don't like the movies that Sony has made. Generally speaking, I don't think they understand their characters very well. I think they ran Spider-Man into the ground. Uh, I am positive about into the spider verse. Cause I think that looks really awesome. Uh, but yeah, I didn't like venom and I could tell ahead of time. I wasn't going to like venom and I can tell I'm not going to like Morbius because it has nothing to do with Spider-Man and Morbius is a Spider-Man character. Um, so anyway, I mean, we don't try to just be mean and nasty, and I don't think we make up nasty stuff just to be nasty, but I also will be honest. So uh, I know sometimes that's a pain if you like something and other people are, are nasty about it, but um, I don't know. We just try to be honest. So last week in our review, I think Rhiannon was pretty positive about Venom, I think, um, because she's just a more generous and kind person than I am. But I generally thought it was a big steaming pile of poo, so... Uh, you know, like we're just going to call him as we see him and we're not trying to be mean. We're not trying to be nice. It's not our job to do publicity for these studios, but it's also, we're not also going to make up like hot take negative stuff. If we don't think it's negative, if we like it, we like it. And if we don't, we don't. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of try to be honest. I assume and that's the way you guys go about talking about this stuff, right? Um, well, typically I only talk nice about the properties that give me money to say nice things about them. <laughs> Adam's but getting that's a the joke. table Marvel money. <laughs> but as that we discussed earlier, Adam is a pretty cheap buy. So really what it is is they gave him a free Coke 10 years ago. Um, so what we're saying, if you want us to talk nicer about Venom, send Adam 30 bucks in his DMs and uh, yeah. we'll yeah, all yeah, be good yeah, to go. Yeah. 30 bucks? He just said I could own him for 20. <laughs> I'm cheap. What can I say? No, I mean, I, I noticed that too. I mean, it's sometimes I do get super pessimistic on things and really nitpick and tear things apart. But I mean, that's, that's kind of why we're here, man. We're, we're super nerd fan things looking at these properties and picking them apart. Um, why sugarcoat it? You know, if, if I put my name on something, I better well believe it. Um, you know, I don't want to tell thousands. We have thousands of listeners, right? The dozens uh, of listeners we have. <laughs> thousands of people have listened at some point yes. or the other. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that's what I was getting at. I don't want to tell all these people that, oh, Venom's the best movie ever and go spend your money, you know, on this movie. I mean, you got to, uh, yeah, say what you believe. I guess say what you mean or right. What's that? Say what you think. I don't know. I think that's a John Mayer song you're thinking of. Oh, I was getting at say a, a presidential jab, but oh, <laughs> Rhiannon, I think you are usually the most positive voice on our podcast. Yeah. I mean, I don't see the point in getting together. I, I don't like to bash things. Um, I like to try to be positive. I might nitpick details, but that's also not, I mean, like, I mean, I feel like I've also like expressed enough negativity that like people can trust when I say something's good. It's possibly also good. 
you're really good at just saying pass too. When something sounds really stupid or dumb, like sometimes I edit it out, but you're like, yeah, I've got nothing on this. (laughs) Also, I should warn everyone that my good meter, godometer, is totally out of whack. Like I like things that no one else likes. So I don't even know why you listen to me anyways, but... hmm. Well, and I would say there's things that we've been, I think we were nicer about both Inhumans and uh, Iron Fist than any other podcast that I heard on uh, on the internet. So, um, And while people, if you like Venom, I love that you like Venom. That's great. Um, but if you check out the Rotten Tomato Meter, um, I think it would be that our opinion that it's not very good would not be unusual, right? Like, it's not like this is a movie that uh, has been loved by thousands or well it has been loved by thousands but you know uh, has like, it though <laughs> i mean has it one of my co-workers today no but seriously one of my co-workers today was talking about how much she enjoyed it how she is like reading venom fan fiction and um that there that and and the venom fan fiction she was explaining made no sense to me but not in the normal way the fan fiction makes no sense but um, it's got fans. Coincidentally enough, I also had a coworker that didn't mind Venom. Keep in mind, this was the same fella that also said that Justice League was better than Infinity War. So that's just kind of that type of opinion. But yeah, I've heard people do enjoy Venom. So, and you know, everybody can have their own opinion. We like you listening to us, but you don't have to agree with us. And if you listen to a show where we feel say things that you don't feel, that's okay. We can disagree. You know, like, everybody has their own opinions. Some are better than others, like, that guy at Adam's office is clearly an idiot. But other than that, you know, like, we can all think what we think, and that's okay. And send all of your hate mail to adam at marvelnewsdesk.com. Please, please, and thank you. Half the stuff I say is just a stoked reaction on Twitter. That's what I live for. All right, Michael T. Ford had a great question in the live chat. Um... If they do an Ant-Man 3 and they were to kind of do a team-up movie, kind of Ragnarok style, uh, is there a character in the MCU that you'd really like to see uh, teamed up with Ant-Man? Other than the Wasp, who's already teamed up with him. I don't know why I instantly uh, moved towards Peter Parker. Maybe because of the techiness, um, but he's not small enough to kind of partner up with somebody. Um... I don't know. I get, Peter Parker would be good. Uh, obviously, Captain Marvel is going to tie into the quantum realm somehow, perhaps. Um, yeah, I I think uh, Doctor Strange could be interesting. You know, like if particularly if we're going to go into the quantum realm, um, kind of do some more of this magic science blurring thing that they've done in the movies, where the quantum realm is another of the like various mysterious realms that strange explores. I think they even is a quantum realm hinted at in the magical mystery tour in Dr. Strange. I can't even remember if that's one of the places he visits, but um, yeah, I think that kind of interdimensional thing works well with, 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 with a good old, with old Steven. So, all right. Uh, also webpage um, as usual, we had love waffle and Dave giving great feedback on the uh, pod last week. Um, they were talking about uh, Iron Fist and what to do with him next. Daughters of the Dragon, Netflix, all that kind of stuff. 
uh, Love Waffle was just basically saying um, that, yeah, we're, we're going to see Marvel kind of combine a little bit more. There won't be two Marvels anymore. The, the Feige Marvel and the Loeb Marvel, which I think will be interesting. Um, uh, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be funny to see how that goes. So there is some comments back and forth there. Those guys are always good. If you want to read a little more, they have some good content. I think that does it for this week. Do you guys have anything else before I wrap? All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can interact with us a lot of ways. Send us messages on Twitter at Marvel News Desk. You can also communicate with us via our MarvelNewsDesk.com post each week. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to give us some money over at Patreon.com slash Marvel News Desk. We had a new Patreon follower this week. Thank you very much. Uh, you'll get access to our special MCU film ranking episode when you do that. Uh, that's available only to our Patreon supporters as well as uh, you'll get access to some of our videos early. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash marvelnewsdesk or subscribe to us on YouTube. That's watch.marvelnewsdesk.com um, You can send us an email as well, but it takes us forever to read those. But you can help the show be more visible if you want to give us a five-star review on iTunes. Number one things you you do, however, is that uh, you listen and tell your friends each week, and we appreciate it. Thank you to Tim Cox for our logo. He's on Instagram at Tim V. Cox, and thank you to Alvin for the theme music. He is on a variety of social media platforms at The Skull School. All right, uh, that's all we've got for this week, guys. Thanks for listening, and uh, hopefully Jessica Jones isn't gone by next week. Talk to you later. Bye.